Hey everyone, welcome to the Crypto Unstacked podcast. I'm your host, Leslie Lamb. Wherever you are, whoever you are, crypto skeptic, half believer, or enthusiast, it's really great to have you tuning in to Crypto Unstacked, where we bring you a cup of crypto every week and unstack everything from crypto finance to global macroeconomics. This podcast assumes basic knowledge of crypto and aims to explore some more advanced topics about the crypto markets, such as trading strategies, lending, and derivatives. The Crypto Unstacked podcast is meant for informational purposes only and should not be considered as financial or investment advice. Nothing expressed in this podcast should be construed as a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Amber Group to buy or sell any financial products. Information expressed by the host or guest in this podcast does not necessarily reflect the views of Amber Group. Before we get started on this week's episode, I wanted to share my thoughts on Mark Andreessen's latest blog post called It's Time to Build. This is the latest thought piece from A16Z, which is blowing up all over Twitter calling on people to build and innovate. To sum it up in one sentence, when there is a will, there is a way. America needs to wake up to the fact that innovation across industries has stalled and built to make this a more livable world for the future. Building new things starts with desire, but stalls with inertia and lack of will. I think crypto is driven by exactly this. The financial industry has lacked innovation for decades. And finally, this emerging sector full of entrepreneurs from all backgrounds is doing something about it build and seek forgiveness later. Who cares if the incumbents like it or not? Crypto is about building and creating a different future for today and the coming generations. We face a lot of red tape and resistance, but we need to keep pushing forward. Few can imagine what a world running on crypto will look like, and even fewer will want to give this nascent industry the light of day. So for those of you listening who are already working toward building a better world through crypto innovation, thank you. I have immense respect for you, but there's still more work to do to grow the community and to scale our impact. So friends, if you haven't already, hop on over to a16z.com and read It's Time to Build. I promise it's well worth your time. And with that said, let's get on with the show. Do you like money? Does your money like money? I sure hope so, because that's what we're going to chat about this week. Yield seems to be what every investor is searching for these days. With global interest rates of major countries at historic lows, it's tough for investors to justify a pocket full of non-interest-bearing cash. Luckily, crypto presents some unique opportunities. Today, we'll cover three yield capture opportunities in the crypto markets. The carry trade, collateralized lending, and futures basis trading. Investing in any asset class is a constant search for yield pickup, and crypto is no different. Ultimately, yields are a function of market supply and demand. The difference between, say, bond yields and crypto yields is that bond yields are heavily influenced by central bank interest rate targeting, and crypto yields largely depend on market forces. The traditional market looks to a yield curve to understand broader market sentiment on short and long-term instruments. In crypto, there is no defined yield curve, per se, as there is no monetary authority committee filled with old people, oh sorry, meant to say seasoned economists, setting interest rates for the market. However, we can look to current market rates for an indication of a yield curve in crypto. But first, let's talk about the carry trade. 
A popular strategy in FX trading is the carry trade, which is basically a form of financial arbitrage. A carry trade means investing in or going long higher yielding assets and borrowing or shorting lower yielding assets. By doing this, you are effectively playing the yield curve. The rules of the carry trade say, look at the central bank lending rates and figure out the most profitable interest rate swap strategy. Do that well, and you make money. All it is, is profiting on the interest rate differential. For example, you may have heard of the yen carry trade. Historically, the Japanese yen has been treated as a funding currency, the currency that everyone loves to borrow but not own. To execute the carry trade, investors would short the yen and go long higher yielding currencies, such as the US dollar, if you can believe it, Australian dollar, Brazilian real, and Turkish lira. Now, obviously, the rates on the US dollar and Australian dollar are near zero, and you're probably thinking, what the heck, how does that work? Un momento, I'll get to that. The reason for the popularity of the yen carry trade is best explained by an article in the Wall Street Journal from 2007 that says, quote, the availability of cheap funds in Japan, along with a relatively low volatility in the currency, encourage investors to take on additional leverage and use that to not only purchase bonds in other countries, but commodities and stocks as well. Without any fear that Japanese interest rates were going to rise, and with the currency itself remaining weak, investors maintained such trades profitably for more than a decade." End quote. The yen carry trade was hugely popular in the early 2000s, when central bank lending rates, also called key rate, in developed countries were much more elevated. For example, from 2002 to 2005, the key rate was between 4 to 6% in Australia, and near zero in Japan. Clearly, that was an arbitrage opportunity. In 2020, rates are now all messed up, and key rates globally, including the US and Australia, have been slashed to near zero as a result of massive monetary easing measures in response to this global health crisis. The incentive is no longer there to borrow yen and invest in foreign assets. During a market sell-off like the ones we've witnessed recently, investors become skittish and start to unwind the carry trades. They short the higher interest rate currency and buy back the lower interest rate currency. Now, in crypto, the carry trade looks a bit different, but the concept is the same. Dollar peg stablecoins such as USD coin, aka USDC, or Tether, aka USDT, are currently yielding above 7% on an annualized basis on several major centralized crypto lending platforms. This yield can vary, of course, depending on the duration of the loan and is subject to market moves. The point is, USDC and USDT are essentially the same dollar, they just carry a different credit risk than USD fiat. For example, the Tether Foundation is at a higher risk to go bust than, say, the Fed. Some people are more comfortable with a credit risk of a centralized stablecoin issuer, while others prefer to hold on to government-backed cash with a quote-unquote risk-free rate. It's all a matter of risk tolerance. The simple carry trade is to sell USD, buy dollar peg stablecoins, and lend the stablecoins out to a borrower, such as a lending desk. Stablecoins make on-ramping to crypto trading platforms so much easier. It's now easier to trade and invest in crypto using stablecoins such as USDC and USDT, both which combined take a majority of the stablecoin market share. Because stablecoins can be held outside of the banking system, it makes for much more efficient capital mobility and settlement. Stablecoins can also be used for asset hedging and portfolio yield enhancement. Amber, for example, offers a number of flexible treasury solutions which are denominated in both dollar peg stablecoins as well as crypto, such as Bitcoin and Ethereum. 
you can choose to invest in fixed time deposits between 1 and 12 months and earn a fixed yield accordingly. Or you can choose to invest in variable rate products if you prioritize flexible redemptions and start earning daily income. So another popular way that investors can earn yield on crypto assets is through collateralized lending. There are several major platforms available that offer secured financing for loans anywhere between 1 and 12 months. Usually the yields are calculated based on a number of factors such as the collateralized ratio, collateral asset, loan term, and loan size. On the capital sourcing side, these lenders typically look to borrow cash and crypto from those who are comfortable with the counterparty risk and interested in lending out their balance sheet in return for an attractive yield. Throughout 2019 and even into earlier this year, lenders saw increased activity in crypto-backed cash loans. You can visualize cash demand during this time as a steepening yield curve with fat spreads between futures and spot prices. A lot of this demand came from miners who wanted to participate in lending and trading opportunities. On the lending side, miners are typically interested in pledging their balance sheet of bitcoins for stablecoins such as USDT or USDC to pay down expenses or fund operations. But then the March market sell-off happened and heavily impacted the lending market. Lenders became exposed to significant credit risk as a result of the Bitcoin price correction, and many were forced to margin call or, in the worst case, liquidate borrowers. As a precautionary measure, some major lending platforms are raising collateral requirements to allow for a greater buffer going into a more volatile market. So before we move on to the next topic, let's take a quick break and hear a few words about Amber Group. This episode of the Crypto Unstacked podcast is presented by Amber Group. Amber Group is a fully integrated crypto finance platform offering a suite of secondary market services across trading, wealth management, and financing solutions. We are backed by some amazing investors such as Paradigm and Pantera and work with clients and partners all over the world. Head on over to ambergroup.io to learn more about us. That's A-M-B-E-R-G-R-O-U-P.io. Lastly, the futures market is also home to a lot of interesting yield capture opportunities. You can think of a centralized futures market as an alternative platform to crypto loan financing. For example, someone can sell crypto assets for USDT on a derivatives exchange that also supports spot trading and buy USDT futures on the same exchange with leverage. Someone could also do the opposite, sell USDT futures for crypto in order to lend crypto to someone who collateralizes the loan in dollars or tethers. Either way, you are effectively lending USDT or crypto through the futures basis trade, also commonly known as a cash and carry trade, which is trading the difference in the price of an instrument's futures contract and spot. Basis is the effective funding rate in the futures market. The Bitcoin futures basis fluctuates between high double digits and negative rates depending on the shape of the curve, which shows how rich or cheaply the contracts are trading. There are times when it is very profitable to trade basis, but the challenge around optimizing arbitrage opportunities in the futures market is that they are highly dependent on funding rates. You have to look at the funding rates across exchange perpetual contracts. BitMEX pioneered the concept of a perpetual swap. The perpetual swap calculates interest rate payments every eight hours. That's three funding payments a day. The frequency of interest payment calculations means that your funding costs are variable and an apparently profitable spot swap basis trade could end up losing you money if funding rates flip around as they often do. More on this in just a bit. In the crypto futures market, on the other hand, 
you are able to lock in one funding rate. Say for example, you put on a one-month futures position, your basis is calculated upon expiry in one month. Back in February, we wrote an article on dollar scarcity and contango, which explains how funding payments play an important role in a perpetual and futures trade. We pointed out that while there may seem to be arbing opportunities for this trade, the changing perpetual funding rates means that it is not an easily arbable trade. Remember that when the funding rate is positive, traders who are long perpetuals pay the traders who are short. If the funding rate is negative, traders who are short pay those who are long. To better understand this, let's unstack how the heck perpetual funding rates work on Big Daddy BitMEX. Unlike a futures contract, a perpetual contract doesn't settle or expire per se. So in place of a settlement price, which for a cash settled future would be the weighted average of several spot market prices typically used to calculate an index price, you can think of the funding rate as a way to tie a perpetual contract's price to spot. Funding is therefore an incentive mechanism for traders to open and close positions in the direction, long or short, that will converge the perpetual contract to the index. As mentioned earlier, this funding rate is calculated three times a day. To quote the way I've read this explained once, the funding rate is effectively the exchange of interest between longs and shorts in the spot market with margin trading. On BitMEX, the funding rate is a function of two variables, the interest rate and something called the premium index, which basically calculates whether the perpetual contract is trading at a premium or discount to the spot price. And this funding rate, again, is fixed eight hours before the settlement time. In the Market Insight, we also gave the example where the futures basis widened to almost 30% annualized against March expiry. The funding rates for perpetual swaps were also fairly elevated at one point, around 22% annualized for holders of Bitcoin buying perpetual swaps. Given the rates, this trade would theoretically make sense. But if at settlement the funding rate were to contribute to negative carry, then the long swap short March futures trade would clearly not make any sense. The point is, there's a constant trade-off when it comes to trading futures basis, and the devil is always in the details. There are plenty of yield capture opportunities in crypto trading, but they are always changing. The lesson here? Stack sats and stack yields while supplies last. As always, hope you enjoyed this week's Cup of Crypto. If you like what you heard, please share and subscribe on Spotify and anchor.fm slash crypto unstacked. Do engage with us through social media, I'll provide details in the show notes, and connect with me on Twitter at leslambo, that's L-E-S-L-A-M-B-0. Would love to chat with you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take care and see you at our next episode where we dive into the world of bespoke derivatives.